Chapter 8. You Can Do It A boy without a father figure is like an explorer without a map. Unknown. In 1923, Edgar Guest wrote about the assignment of being a boy's father. This remains one of the most profound pieces I've ever read. He writes, I have known a number of wealthy men who were not successes as fathers. They made money rapidly. Their factories were marvels of organization. Their money investments were sound and made with excellent judgment, and their contributions to public service were useful and willingly made. All this took time and thought. At the finish, there was a fortune on the one hand, and a worthless and dissolute son on the other. Why? Too much time spent in money-making implies too little time spent with the boy. When these children were youngsters romping on the floor, if someone had come to any of those fathers and offered him a million dollars for his lad, he would have spurned the offer and kicked the proposer out of doors. Had someone offered him ten million dollars in cash for the privilege of making a drunkard out of his son, the answer would have been the same. Had someone offered to buy from him the privilege of playing with the boy, of going on picnics and fishing trips and outings and being with him a part of every day, he would have refused the proposition without giving it a second thought. Yet that is exactly the bargain those men made, and which many men are still making. They're coining their lives into fortunes and automobile factories and great industries, but their boys are growing up as they may. These men probably will succeed in business, but they will be failures as fathers. To me, it seems that a little less industry and a little more comradeship with the boy is more desirable. Not so much of me in the bank, and more of me and of my best in the lad is what I should like to have to show at the end of my career. To be the father of a great son is what I should call success. This is what I conceive my job, my duty, to be. Edgar Guest clearly saw a problem that plagues many men. They know they need to step up to their responsibilities as fathers, but they are lured away by lesser achievements. They know what is right, but something holds them back. Many of you are successfully training and developing your sons. You just need encouragement to stay in the moral and spiritual battle for your sons' souls. I also know that many of you are in need of a clear battle cry, a challenge to truly step up and courageously be the father you've always wanted to become. What's keeping you from doing your duty? Is it a fear of inadequacy? A fear of failure? Past failures, pressure from work, ambition, misplaced priorities, a crisis of manhood in your own life, the desire to spend time doing what you want to do, an absent father when you were a boy. Getting involved in your son's life may demand battlefield bravery as you step up to courageous manhood and fatherhood. It will mean setting aside your fears, your ambitions, and your selfish desires 
and getting involved as the father you know you can be. You can do it. Don't leave your son to find the answers to life on his own. I think C.S. Lewis had it right when he wrote, Courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. How well you step up as a father will determine the strength of your convictions and priorities. This is one of the most important testing points in all of life. Do you have the courage to live by your priorities? It's time for you to decide what type of legacy you want to leave. No matter what mistakes you've made in the past, no matter what your background, no matter what your fears, it's never too late to step up and do your duty. One of the most remarkable men I've had the privilege of interviewing for my radio broadcast, Family Life Today, was Coach John Wooden, considered by many the greatest coach in the history of college basketball. The Wizard of Westwood coached his UCLA teams to 10 national championships between 1964 and 1975. But this is what I truly admired about the man. More than three decades after he'd coached his final game and he was bearing down on his 100th birthday, John Wooden was committed as ever to passing on a legacy to his children and grandchildren and many of his former players. We lost a giant when Wooden passed away in 2010. Many people don't know about the profound influence that Coach Wooden's father, Joshua, had on him. Joshua believed in building character and continually emphasized the importance of making right choices. Two of his favorite sayings which he taught his sons were, never lie, never cheat, and never steal, and don't whine, don't complain, and don't alibi. When John graduated from the eighth grade in his small country school, Joshua gave him a card and said, Son, try to live up to this. Eight decades later, John still kept the card in his wallet and could recite these verses by heart. And the seven-point creed uh, consisted of, first of all, I think it was be true to yourself. And I think we know if we're true to ourselves, we'll be being true to others. Mm -hmm. And the second was help others. And there's no greater joy that a person can have than do something for someone else, especially when you do it with no thought of something in return. Uh, another one was make friendship a fine art. Work at it. Don't take it for granted. Work at making friends and making friendship flourish. And uh, then was make each day your masterpiece. And I tried to teach from that as time went by to my players and my English students to just try and do the best you can each day. And then another one was to uh, uh, drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Hmm. And then was... Um, build a shelter against a rainy day, and, and he wasn't thinking about a, a physical shelter. He was thinking about a more lasting shelter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last was, the seventh was, um, give thanks for your blessings and pray for guidance every day. And I've carried that uh, with me uh, in one form or another uh, uh, since those days, yes. When Coach Wooden became a father in 1936, he was given another poem. 
This poem sums up the philosophy of a man who always knew that true success came in the lives he influenced rather than in the titles he won. The poem also reminds dads that every boy needs a father who is a role model. Here's that poem. A careful man I must always be, a little fella follows me. I know I dare not go astray, for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whate'er he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says he's going to be, this little chap who follows me. He thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. The base in me he must not see, this little chap who follows me. I must be careful as I go through summer's sun and winter's snow because I am building for the years to be this little chap who follows me. Those are words that every father needs to keep before him. I challenge you to be involved and to be intentional with your son. Put your arm around him as he embarks on a journey of a lifetime and courageously show him what it means to be a man. You can do it. A boy's life may be hanging in the balance. Coming up on the next CD, Step 2, Adolescence. <laughs> 